0: Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now let's get into today's podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today we're going to be talking about retirement plans for the business owner. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? Um I'm doing fantastic. It's you know, it's 2020. This is uh we're kind of into 2020 a little bit now, and and uh all sorts of things in the news, on, you know media inundates us with all sorts of stuff and i'm kind of sick of it <laughs> you know i just get i get tired and overwhelmed with that stuff i'm in i'm so happy to be here with you talking about retirement plans and as a small business owner myself i'm kind of excited to talk about yeah, it so
2: things, things that we, we we're talking about things that we can control as opposed yeah. to all that other uh b- being bombarded by all this stuff that we just can't do anything
1: about Exactly, all the junk, yep. yep. just shove it all in a junk drawer and concentrate on this. That's what I'm thinking. so in in previous podcasts, you and I have talked about retirement planning for individuals and for families, and in this podcast, I know you want to focus about retirement plans for small business owners. Um, I, I guess my first question would be, what's the difference? Are there a lot of differences between planning for individuals and planning for small business owners? I mean, both people have jobs, both people make an income. What do what we cover today?
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and I, I think that's where I wanted to start is the small business owner the, 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 is really very similar to the family. You know, everyone starts in the same place. We have to look at goals, objectives. Mm-hmm. We discover assets, liabilities. We look at income, expenses. You know, we, we take into consideration your Social Security investments, your, your risk. You know, so we're building a similar kind of plan based on, Similar assumptions. So we're trying to build this plan that 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 that's looking into the future, and and we're projecting, will this family be okay? And the real big difference that I see is with the individual, there may not be as many variables. You know, employees don't they just can't control uh, as many things around income and benefits. They they are what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, while the small business owner's plan can be more complex. It doesn't always have to be, but it, but it can be. And the way I think about it is that this business that this family owns is just another asset. Yeah. It's just another thing that they own. And with it comes maybe some added responsibilities, um, more control, and maybe some additional flexibility. So there are certainly advantages. Mm-hmm. I think the small business owners uh, income can often be more variable than an employee's income, but that's the nature of owning a business. Mm-hmm. You, 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 reap what you sow, you, you take advantage of those that hard work and, and, and hopefully the compensation is there as a, as a, uh, as a benefit. Yeah. So, so a lot of small business owners, they don't think about retirement and successing succession planning. Um, as often as maybe they should, these are challenging issues. This this asset, this business, may be a source of income during retirement. Maybe it'll be sold. Maybe the owner's successor will will buy out the the, the business owner over a number of years, and the, the business owner may work less over you know a five or ten year period. So there's lots of options for the small business owner, depending on the nature of the business and the, and the nature of the the business owner, their objectives, and what the family needs.
1: So what you're saying, to me at least, what I'm hearing is from a planning perspective, Raskin Planning Group is doing a comprehensive plan for an individual and a family that just happens to own an what you call an asset, which I, I agree with 100%. The business is an asset and it just happens to be their main asset.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. We're, we're helping the business owner and the family plan for their wealth journey with the same sort of clarity, confidence, and diligence we do for individuals. It, it's this asset that the, the business offers the, the business owners some additional opportunities to maybe accumulate additional dollars for, for the future, uh, give them some control. Maybe they'll pay less taxes now by deferring taxable income. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some options, and, and that's, a good, that's a good thing. But it's not this, this plan that's just completely different than, <laughs> than the individual and the, and the family. So what I was hoping we could do today is just talk about specific retirement plan options that are available to the business owner. And I think the best way to do that is to give some examples of situations that I've seen over the years and describe some solutions that, that were appropriate for those business owners. Uh, we're not going to be able to address it all today, but we can start kind of framing the issues.
1: Yeah, well, you're reading my mind because I was just going to ask you for some examples. So I think that's the best way I learn and most of our listeners as well.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. The first thing I want to do is start off and just say that really isn't any difference from a practical perspective, whether someone is self-employed and files a Schedule C tax return or they're a shareholder of a corporation or a partner in a partnership. Everyone can do the same sorts of retirement plans. Uh, and there are some nuanced differences and things we need to address. But for today's discussion, uh, that's not going to really be an issue. So we're really going to be focusing on qualified retirement plans that allow for tax deferral. These are plans that the, the, the Department of Labor and the IRS have, have approved. They've said this is, this is a, a qualified plan. It meets all of our, our stated requirements. Mm-hmm. So, the first example that I want to give is, is just a, a self employed professional or consultant with no employees. And let's just call her Jane. She expects to have net after business expenses uh, income of over $285,000. She, she, she's doing well in her business and she wants to contribute the maximum to a retirement plan. However, she still wants to maintain some flexibility. She, she has a, a child going to college in a few years and, and is, is also aware of those business cycles. You know, she's been through good and bad times like, mm-hmm. like a lot of business owners. So um, let's start there. So okay. a self-employed person uh, with, with no employees. And if Jane is, is younger than age 50, uh, she might want to consider just a, 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 what's called a SEP IRA. It's a very inexpensive and and simple plan to establish, and it would allow her to contribute up to uh, $57,000 for the the 2020 tax year into a plan. And she has complete discretion, and she could contribute from zero to $57,000 in in the year 2020. And all of that is tax-deferred. She won't pay taxes on the $57,000 today. Uh, she will eventually, when she withdraws the funds, like any sort of retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, when you start taking money out uh, of the plans, uh, that's when the money is, is taxable. A mm-hmm. uh, simple plan, very low cost. Uh, it, we see these all the time. Now, if Jane is over age 50, she may want to consider establishing a solo 401k plan. This is a, a bit more complicated and may mean some nominal additional do, documentation documentation, and, and maybe some filing expenses going into the future. Uh, and this kind of plan would, would consist of two types of contributions. And it would allow her to contribute an additional $6,500 for a total of $63,500 in 2020. All right. So that's, that's a benefit. She yep. gets a greater deduction. She's able to save more. Uh, and and that when I talk about two different kinds of contributions, she'd make a salary deferral contribution up to $26,000, which is like a 401k. She'd be establishing her own 401k plan, and the maximum that you can contribute in 2020 is $26,000 if you're over age 50, 50 or older. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, she would make a profit-sharing contribution. In addition to the the $26,000 sheet, she'd be contributing $37,500. Got it. So uh, that's a nice plan. It's completely discretionary. She could contribute zero in, in any given year. And uh, we see a lot of these kind of plans for, for uh, the self-employed person that, that, that wants to set aside uh, a significant
1: portion of their income. Peter, that's great, and, and Jane's doing very well. What would you recommend if someone is a Jane that doesn't make quite as much? They still want to be f- very flexible, and they want to maximize their contributions, but they have much less income than, than what you're speaking about.
2: Yeah, the great, great question. In this plan, the, the solo 401k plan could still be really perfectly appropriate. Uh, let's say her income is 30000 and she wants to defer as much as possible. So she might she she could contribute uh, nineteen thousand five hundred dollars if she's under age fifty and twenty six thousand if she were fifty or older. Plus, she could make an additional profit sharing contribution uh, on top of the salary deferral, mm-hmm. which would get her pretty close to a hundred percent deferral. And for you know maybe this is a second income, maybe um, maybe she's got other sources of, of income uh, that where she can really afford to defer all of it. So that's where that, this kind of planning uh, is so important. So another great advantage of the, of the solo 401k is that it would allow someone to contribute the full salary deferral into a Roth 401k. Mm, okay. So if someone is age 50 or older, they could defer $26,000 into a Roth account. Now, this contribution wouldn't be tax deductible, but all the earnings would grow tax-free, and then upon retirement could could be withdrawn tax-free.
1: Got it. Okay.
2: So if Jane is only earning $30,000, uh, maybe her marginal tax bracket is low right now, and she may not need the tax deferral today, but might benefit from that tax-free income accumulation uh and tax-free income during the retirement years.
1: Peter, that sounds like an interesting strategy, especially since the Roth IRA limitation for someone over 50 is $7,000. Yeah, that's exactly. That's why that's why we we really like that solo 401k. Heck, yeah. So, let me ask you this then. Is it possible for someone to defer more than 57,000 uh, or, you know, a total of 63,500 into a retirement account?
2: Yeah, this is where we get a little bit more complicated. But Jane could consider establishing a defined benefit retirement plan. Okay. And this would allow her to contribute much more than the solo 401k or the SEP IRA. So depending upon her, her, her age and income, the, the defined benefit plan might allow for contributions well over $100,000 $100, or maybe in excess of $150,000 mm-hmm. per year. Okay. And these, these plans are really in contrast to your traditional defined contribution plan, like a profit-sharing or 401k. So there are, in general, there are two kinds of plans, defined contribution, which are profit-sharing and 401k plans, mm-hmm. and defined benefit plans. So the, the, in a defined contribution plan, the annual contribution is defined each year by the employer, Okay. And and they can make discretionary profit-sharing contributions, and the employee can make discretionary salary deferral contributions. So that's your traditional defined contribution plan. In defined benefit plans, the employer must make a contribution to fund a, a future retirement benefit for the benefit of the plan participant. Hmm. So in this example, let's say Jane's age 50, and she wants to retire at age 65 with an annual retirement income of $200,000. Now, an an actuary is going to have to sit down and project how much is needed annually to provide that Jane that $200,000 annual pension when she's 65. So I'm not going to estimate that today, but it's a lot more than $100,000 for 15 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when we're helping design these kinds of plans, we'll actually take a different approach. We'll actually figure out how much the employer wants to contribute to the plan annually, and then have the actuary calculate the retirement benefit. So at the at the at, at retirement, the business owner is most likely not going to take an annual pension from this, this plan, uh, the, the, the employee, the, the retiree is going to most likely terminate the plan and then roll over her account balance into an IRA, whatever that account balance is.
1: Okay. So quick question. You're saying that Jane could do this, even if she is a sole business owner and she's the only employee, she could set it up for herself.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Because I'm assuming that she's contributing and then, you know, so that, that money's not taxable, right? And then you've got the business that's also contributing. So that's not necessarily taxable either, correct? Yeah, exactly. Jeez, Okay. This sounds really good in it's fact not, it's,
2: it's not taxable now it's oh, tax correct
1: deferred. in the future yes it's taxed in the future yeah. but i'm just thinking about as a business owner to be able to get that double it's almost like a double benefit right up front the, that money's taken off the books for taxable purposes right now obviously it's taxable in the future and that sounds really really good in fact it sounds a little too good <laughs> so what's the catch peter yeah well the catch
2: is it's more complicated um As opposed to the defined contribution plans, profit sharing, and 401k plans, which are are really discretionary, Mm -hmm. uh, this plan just isn't that flexible. There's a a black, I call it a black box calculation that's done by the actuary each year. Oh, okay. And benefits, while the benefits can be adjusted, the employer just doesn't have full control of that contribution. Mm. So the employer really has to feel real good about their cash flow. Yeah. And and or to have uh, sufficient assets sitting outside the plan to be able to make future contributions if, 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 uh, if necessary.
1: Got it. All right. So
2: so benefits can be amended, which can in reduce or increase contributions. But again, it's just not completely discretionary. It's not, it's, it's, they can't go from zero uh, to full speed you yeah. know, or full speed to zero. It's, it's, it's got to be planned. And, um, so these kinds of plans are also, uh, they have to be established with the intent of funding them for at least five years. Mm. And so if you, if you have a big income year, uh, that you don't think that that income is going to continue, the defined benefit plan really isn't, isn't appropriate.
1: Got it. All right.
2: So it's a, it's a, it's a definite commitment. It, to me, it's like a marriage. mm uh, the defined contribution plan, the, the 401k and profit sharing plan is more like dating. <laughs> Good. All right. So so some employers will will actually establish both kinds of plans. They'll have a defined benefit pension plan, they'll make that that major commitment, but they'll also have a 401k profit sharing plan because they want discretion. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh so another catch with the with the with the defined benefit pension plan is it's it's much more expensive to administer.
1: Got it. There,
2: there's documentation. It's a bit more burdensome. And uh, it, it just, it, it costs more, maybe a third more. And that's a consideration as well.
1: All right. That's understandable for sure, Peter. Uh, now, switching gears a little bit, what about somebody who has employees? We talked about Jane as a single business owner, and she's the only employee. But what if somebody has other employees?
2: Yeah, this is where it gets a bit more complicated. And, and if there are employees, the the this, this, the the business owner just has to accept the reality that they'll be making some contributions to benefit employees. Mm-hmm. This probably can't be avoided. Yeah. Uh, when there are employees, I, I think it's really important to have that conversation about uh, enlightened self-interest. And uh, so, let me define what yeah, that was, is. Yeah, I was just going to ask,
1: what does that mean? <laughs>
2: Well, to me, it's a, philo- it's a philosophy in ethics, mm-hmm. which states that persons who act to further the interest of others or in the interest of the group ultimately serves their own self-interest.
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: And in my opinion, helping employees with their retirement planning will ultimately help the business attract and retain the best employees, which ultimately benefits the business owner. Yep. I agree. Uh, so, so I think it's a really important philosophy, and I, I would say most employers buy into that in one way, shape, or, or another. Mm-hmm. But it is a financial calculation. They have to decide how, how much uh, they are willing to provide those employees. Yeah. Uh, and that's you know, the, 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 there's not a right or wrong here. Uh, it's just a consideration. The cost of providing employees retirement benefits needs to be considered and we're going to choose the plan that meets the the cash flow needs and the budget of the business owner. And mm-hmm. that's key. Cuz yeah. if it doesn't then it's not the appropriate kind of plan.
1: Well, and, and and I agree with that philosophy 100%. A good good friend that I've been working with for many many years has always had the same mantra, rising tide floats all boats. Right? And that's I kind of see business doing that, you know, as as the business does better and and they're able to help their employees do better, the employees are going to want to help the business do better. And so it just it's a, just a cycle. Um so I mean that's exciting to me. Can you give us some examples of what that looks like?
2: Yeah, sure. Let's let's talk about Jane. So Jane is uh now no longer a a, a consultant, she's a dentist.
1: Oh, career change. Got she, it.
2: <laughs> and uh, she's 50 and she wants to maximize her contribution to the retirement plan. And she is willing to offer some benefits to her younger hygienist employees Mm -hmm. who earn far less than she does. They're younger. And so when we're talking to her, we're thinking about what what plans are available. And she might want to consider what's called a new comparability profit sharing 401k plan. There's a mouthful. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Um, So it's it's called a new comparability comparability profit sharing 401k plan. So it's a, it's a plan that allows employee salary deferral contributions up to $26,000. If someone is age, age 50 or older, the employer can also make discretionary profit sharing contributions up to 25% of each employee's compensation for that year. Hmm. So, the advantage of this kind of profit sharing plan is that the employer can make, can possibly make larger contributions to benefit some employees like themselves, and possibly make smaller contributions for other employees. Okay. So, in an ideal world, we might be able to design this plan where she can receive the maximum contribution, get her up to that. And, uh, and then but only have to provide a 5% contribution to her her younger and lower paid employees. So 5% of their total compensation.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
2: So as as she's looking at this, this is a cost she might be willing to absorb. Mm -hmm. So like the defined benefit pension plan, these calculations are based on an actuarial black box that, that's done each year. So there is some variability, uh, but there's complete discretion. The employer can really contribute nothing into this plan in any given year. So that's a, that's a great plan. Um, we, we've seen this so many times. It, it's often very appropriate. Uh, that's the kind of plan I have for my business. Gotcha. So I'm a small business owner, and I'm dealing with the same issues that a lot of our clients are. Yeah. So she also might want to consider a defined benefit pension plan or a straightforward 401k, depending upon her her budget, mm-hmm. her 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 employee group, her demographics. So there, she's got some options. And in general, the business owner should at least consider these kind of plans. If after we do the analysis, they're receiving 75 to 90 percent of total contributions. So, in my experience, that business owner with with more employees might be receiving a smaller allocation, Mm -hmm. and therefore, this retirement plan might emphasize um, and be weighted more toward attracting and retaining great employees as opposed to socking away as much as possible to the employer. Got it. All right. So it's, again, back to those objectives. What are we trying to achieve? When are we trying to achieve it? And what's the cost to the owner? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, if it's not going to be weighted as heavily towards savings, the the owner might want to look at other savings programs that, that they'd have to do on their own.
1: Yeah. And it's like you said, you, you work with these folks on their goals, what they're trying to accomplish. And right there, you brought up a a really good point that depending on what you're trying to accomplish, meaning you want to attract the best possible employees. So it's, it's geared more toward your employees having a bit more benefits or you have great employees and you're starting this and you're saying, well, I also need to set up for my family and myself for the future. There's a lot of decisions to be made. I mean, this sounds really complicated.
2: Yeah, it's a
1: balancing act.
2: And the employer really needs to start looking at their back to those personal um, objectives. Mm -hmm. So the, the right plan is really dependent upon the the, the the demographics of the group, the age, ages of the employees and the owner, the compensation, uh, the, the owner's cash flow, their 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 short and long term objectives. And we really need to do an analysis. Yeah. And we, we 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 partner with firms that specialize in designing and administering these kinds of plans. They're they're called third party administrators. And we can make introductions. We work with a whole variety of them. They're they're not affiliated with us, but they're just really good at what they do. Yeah. And, and uh, we we typically establish these plans that that meets the the, the owner's objectives, whether it's a SEP IRA, a four hundred one k, profit sharing, defined benefit pension plan. If one of those typically is making sense
1: for the for the business owner. Peter, I love the way you phrased that. You said you're not necessarily associated with these other companies, uh, but they're really good at what they do. And that, again, that just shows me that you're not prideful. It's something where you have a deep bench, you have a team that you work with, and you can bring the best of the best to the table to help each one of these business owners. And I love that. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for this podcast today. Is there anything else that you want to add before we close up? Because we're getting short on time.
2: Yeah, the, the key to establishing the, the, the right kind of plan is to determine determine the objectives. I've said that a, a lot of times today. Is, is the plan focused on maximizing the owner's benefit, or is there a focus on attracting, retaining key employees? Mm-hmm. So I really believe the comprehensive planning process is where where we should start, and and then the right kinds of plans are are just going to unfold. Yeah. Uh, also, I just want to make a plug for um, uh, a, a book I've authored called uh, A Plan with a Purpose. Uh, and I've co-authored this with a, a friend of mine, Charlie Epstein. And this is a, uh, really appropriate for the business owner and, and fiduciaries of retirement plans. And it's not really meant for the individual or the family. Got it. But it does help a business owner uh, understand all about 401K plans, and it's really there to trying to be a guide and to help them maximize uh, the plan's effectiveness.
1: Okay. Well, that leads me into my next question. Where do I get the book? Because okay. <laughs> I need it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, send us an email at uh, peter.raskin Ras- Peter. at lfg.com or 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 call directly 617-728-7433 uh, or go onto our website and uh, and contact us through that. Okay. The website is raskinplanning.com.
1: Okay. Well, you'll be hearing from me very shortly, Peter, because I definitely need to get my hands on that book. Uh, Again, thank you so much for your time today. I think this was fantastic. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends, family, and your coworkers. at this point, because this is a great one to share with them. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors, securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor, insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.